four-week series on vision. We've talked about that for the next, actually for the next several weeks. I'm still, in a sense, talking about vision, but I'm talking about ways that we can practically get things started. Because it's one thing, and this is kind of what we do and why we do what we do. True Life Churches live life on purpose. It's one thing to say, hey, I want you to do this. But it's another thing if you're like, that'd be great, but I don't know how. So I'd like to give you some, some ways that we can help restart some things today. And then in the next few weeks, kind of put things in place so that you can have 2019 better than you've ever had it before. You need to say amen to that. Because, you know, this is basically, it seems like I know you're looking around and you're like, where's everybody at? Well, this is the Church of the Tundra today. And uh, because it's cold and there's snow and, and obviously, you know, that is what it is. But it's all good. Last week, as Ron said, we did that Facebook Live. And I remember sitting on my couch and, you know, there was a level three out. And so I can't, we can't have church. And, you know, I, I, I love to have church. And so, but I, you, you can't get out on a level three. They give you a ticket. And, uh, and my wife knows me well enough. She goes, you are not going and uh, so, you know, and I can't ask Ron to, to come to church because, um, you know, the Lord spoke to me on the couch and he said, go live. And I'm like, go live? What do you, go live? Oh, oh, go live. So I thought I'll meet him at church. Well, I can't ask him to do that because then he'd get a ticket. Maybe, you know, hey, disobey the law. And <laughs> so, sir, why are you here? My pastor told me to. So I, I, you know, he lives like four houses down from me or so. So he just... He said, I'll just come over. So we did it at the dining room table. I've, I've never done that before with Facebook Live. So that was fun. And, uh, and, but isn't technology amazing? We didn't miss a service. God was able to do that. And, you know, we were working at this year to get um, our live stream on our website, not just Facebook. So it'll be easy. So let's welcome our, our live stream guests that are watching right now. Let's give them a big. <laughs> so good to have you with us today. So we're going we're gonna to give you some practical things that you can do. And that's, for me, I, I grew up in church, and I'd leave church, man, and I'd be all fired up. You'd have one of them good services and kind of really didn't know people. Well, wasn't church good today? Yes, it was. Monday's still coming. Don't know how I'm going to apply any of what happened today, but boy, it was good. Because it just felt good being in church. I get that. But if we can't apply anything... Man, we, how are we going to live successfully? God wants us to take what we've learned and put it into use so we have fruit. Come on, somebody. We have fruit from what we're doing. So anyway, we're going to talk about restart today. So I like a new year. It's great for a new start. It's great to kind of erase the board and get started over again. Was 2018 everything you wanted? Do you want more in 2019? I'm not just talking about materialistically. I'm talking about more peace, more happiness. How many need to laugh again? How many remember when it's just fun? Man, I'm... <laughs> Kids in the building, teens, you know, we're doing student ministry at 180. They don't know how good they got it. You know, we, you just have to go, you go home, the parents buy the food, fix the food, you eat the food. You get up, you go to school, you come home, you eat the food, you sleep, you get up. You have no bills. Get a life. No. I mean, it's just really, you know, and you're just thinking, wow. I mean, they, they're great students, by the way. But, I mean, I'm a goal person. I'm a goal setter. I like setting goals. I like putting something out there. Because if you shoot at nothing, you'll hit it. So we need to shoot at something. If we never do anything different, we'll never get anything different than what we have. Come on. 
If, if you don't, if you want something different, you're going to have to do something you're already doing. If you do the same thing, unless it's something that God's told you and you consistently have to be diligent and go after it, that's fine. But if it's something else, you need to do something different. If the horse is dead, my friend, dismount and find another ride. You can try to get that animal up all day long, but it isn't going to work. So what did we accomplish? Were they unrealistic? Sometimes people will set goals, and I've been guilty of that, and you'll just say, I'm going to, and it's something that, you know, outside of a miracle of God and Moses reincarnating and splitting the Red Sea, you know, that was a joke. <laughs> Wasn't funny, so never mind. But anyway, I mean, make them, I don't want them to be so that you don't need God. Your goals need to be something that you're going to need God to help you accomplish, and he will allow you to dream big. And here's the thing, you don't have to figure out how he's going to do what he's going to do. Your job isn't to do that. Your job is just to believe. Your job is just to obey and believe. We're going to go through some of that. How many have ever DVR'd a, a sporting event uh, and, and you don't want to know, you want to watch the game when you get home, and you don't want anybody to tell you? <clears throat> I'm back in the day of the VHS tape. Anybody back there? Or how many have ever had an eight-track player? My people. But anyway, you know, where you get the score and you don't want to, don't turn your radios on, you want to go home, you want to watch the game or whatever, and then somebody comes in right before and says, did you hear that? They, and tells you the score, you're like, oh. So now you can watch the game all you want, but you already know the outcome. Even if your team fumbles the ball with a minute and two minutes remaining, you're not worried if you know the score, if they already win. You don't even sweat about it. What if we could put our faith and trust in God to know that God could make you a winner and he's already got plans for you if you'll just tap into him? If you'll just say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. What do you need today? What do you need for this year? Better health? Are you tired of aching and all the stuff that goes with that? You need better relationships? You need more effective ministry? You need a new job, you need more finances, you need to be debt-free, what do you want, vacation, what are you looking for? Some of us are afraid to dream anymore because we've, we've not seen any fruit from it. So I'm hoping that as you'll put some of these down, you will see fruit from it. And I was just telling Scott before I walked out here, um, my, my headship, my pastor had said, you can't argue with fruit. If they have fruit, you can't say much. So we have fruit from what I'm going to teach you today, so I want you to to get this now how many knows you can have what you expect here's a story from joel osteen he shared in his book your best life now a famous mountain climbing resort in the swiss alps caters to businesses they encourage the employees to climb to the mountain build team spirit who doesn't like that they meet at the bottom of the mountain for a pep talk and can hardly wait to climb to the top take their victory photo together but about halfway up the mountain there sits a beautiful alpine restaurant with a breathtaking scenic view <laughs> So by the time they get their gear off, they sit by the fire, eat a delicious lunch, enjoy a hot cup of coffee. Interestingly enough, they're well-fed and comfortable. Less than half continue to climb to the top. Less than half. The story revealed that this majority who decided to stay are not incapable of climbing to the top, nor is the climb too difficult. It's simply they've tasted a bit of success, and they decided, I'm good. That's good enough. They're satisfied with what they've accomplished. I don't want you to quit before you get to where God wants you to be. I want you to get the whole route. I want you to, to go the distance, so to speak. It's going to make a big world of difference in your morale, in your insides, in your thinker, when you know 
and when you don't know if you reached or didn't reach your goal. It changes. When you know you reach your goal, it, it puts wind in your sails. It, it's something that, that's fruit that God is, it's going to take some effort. Come on. You're going to have to stay with it. That's, I, I shared some things earlier. I'm going I'm to move on here. Listen to this. They did a study of, uh, in 1979 by a Harvard MBA program. Graduate students were asked, do you have clear written goals for your future? A shocking 3% had written goals and plans of the 1,000 students that they interviewed. 13% had some goals but never wrote them down. An alarming 84% had no goals at all, just didn't have any. Ten years later, they went to the same 1,000 students, same graduating class, discovered that the 3% who had written goals were earning on average 20 times as much as the 97% of the class combined. You can say whatever you want. You can say I'm talking hype. You can say whatever, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you need some goals. You need to set something out in front of you and say, you know what? If this is it, let's just be honest. If this is it, and this is as good as it gets, we might as well shut the doors and go home. Because God's got bigger plans than this. For you, and for this church, and for your life, and for your kids, and for your grandkids. Kim and I have discovered increase is amazing and what happens is we start following God in ways that he has instructed us and he gives us desires. How many knows the things that you like? God put those there. The desires that you have, the things that you're good at, he put that there. And you start saying, you know what I want to do? Some of us don't even dream because we're afraid it'll never come to pass. I believe in this room today, there are people that have entrepreneur spirits that are businesses that are waiting to be birthed. They're waiting to have something and say, you know what, I could do this. But you've been afraid to dream, and I hope today I stir something in you. You might say, you can't teach an old dog. I had somebody tell me that not long ago. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yes, you can. (laughs) Karen, amen. (laughs) Feel like Tim Conway. Wait a minute. Yes, you can. You can learn something new. You can change your mindset. Listen to this. Here's proof that your age doesn't matter. At, at 18 months, Brooke Shields lands her first commercial of the Ivory Snow Baby. Some of you probably don't know who Brooke Shields are, is. Here's at age, uh, at age 8, Mozart composes his first symphony. 12, Jesus astounds groups of religious leaders with his wisdom and insight. Age 18, Mick Jagger debuts with his new rock band, The Rolling Stones. The band will add the G eventually. Age 21, Steve Jobs introduces the Apple computer created with his young colleague Steve Wozniak. Wozniak, or Steve. (laughs) Steve, Steven, yeah, okay. 31, Bill Gates makes his first billion dollars. At age 40, Lucille Ball debuts as Lucy Ricardo in the TV show I Love Lucy. Age 44, Sam Walton founds Walmart. Age 53, Walt Disney opens a theme park in Anaheim, California called Disneyland. Probably never go. (laughs) Successful, just saying. All right, age 58, Frank Sinatra, retired for two years, reignites his career. Age 65, Winston Churchill takes office as Britain's prime minister. At 69, after 22 years of work, Noah Webster publishes the first an American dictionary in the English language. 70, George Brunstead becomes the oldest person to swim the English Channel. 71, 27 years in prison, South African Nelson Mandela gains his freedom. At 77, 
John Glenn returns to space uh, on the shuttle discovery mission. At age 78, Grandma Moses begins her career as a serious painter. 79, Ben Franklin invents bifocal glasses. 80, Jessica Tandy wins her first Oscar for her role in Driving Miss Daisy. At 80, Moses is when he got his career started. So just think of that. 89, Frank Lloyd Wright completes the Guggenheim Museum. At 90, swimmer Walt Pfeiffer sets six world master records at uh, a meet in Long Beach, California. At 100, British actress Gwen Davies appears in the Sherlock Holmes movie, The Master Blackmailer. I'm telling you, you're not too old. You're not over the hill. You're not past, you know what, I can't do that anymore. You can have what you expect. If you expect to ache in pain, good luck with that, because that's what you'll get. Let's unpack this today. We ready to get a good start on it? Here's our first thought. You have to be willing to be stretched. You have to be willing to be stretched. God is going to stretch. You want something better than you have now? You got to be able to be stretched. When I grew up, there was a toy and there was a show. How many remember Gumby? What was his horse? Pokey. Remember that Gumby? I, I had a Gumby and a Pokey. But you got to be stretched. And also had a stretch. Oh. We used to have fun with him. Just how far could you stretch stretch? <laughs> we could do all kinds of stuff with Stretch Armstrong. But anyway, you got to be willing to be stretched. The enemy wants to drain your brain, but God wants to fix your mix. The stuff that's inside you, God wants that stuff to be birthed. The enemy wants you to just go, you know what? It's just too much. I'm going to talk in the next few weeks about just being overwhelmed because we live in a society where everything is happening and it's just what do we do with stress and frustration? I want to show you what you can do to handle some stress and frustration so it's like water off a duck's back. You're not sitting there stalled out every time something happens because stuff happens. Man, I did a whole series on Joseph. Remember Joseph and his brothers? You know what I called it? Pit happens. Let that sink in. John, you can't use that. <laughs> anyway, just, you know, stuff happens. You're going to need to be able to just go forward and, and work things out. God has plans for you now and in the future. His word tells us he's got a plan for his children. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have. This is God talking. I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. How many are afraid to hope anymore? It's time to get your hope back. It's time you have a future and it starts this year. Our second thought this morning. This is going to deal with our belief system, friends. This is going to deal with what you believe. And if you're like, Brett, I'm not there, you'll get there. You'll get there. This is number two. Obey. That's a tough one. You know, if you take the word obedience, there's the word, if you split it up, there's the word die in there. Sometimes you have to just die to what you want, the way you want it, and say okay to the way God says. You know, we, we grow up kind of in a society when we're little, our way. One of the first words you use when you're a little baby, mine, mine, mine. Maddie would... She'd smack the kid next to her in the nursery and go put herself in timeout. She'd just go over and take the toy and say, that's mine. We'd say, what are you sitting over there? And she, she just decided, I want that toy. You can't have it. Pow. And then she'd go take the toy and sit in timeout. 
We'd be like, what? We're on the way to church one time. This is a true story. Six times, six times, six times. Kim said, you know, vans are great if you're a young parent because you can, mama can get out of the seat, go back and bring judgment. Because if you're in some of the other cars, you can't do that. You got to pull over and get out. But boy, in a van, it's like, oh, all bolt, you know, it's here she comes. We said, Maddie, keep your shoes on. We're on our way to church. Boom, man, her shoes would fly off. She got spanked six times on the way to church. Six! You'd think after one, she'd be like, I don't want this anymore. The kids would be like, oh, dear Jesus. Her siblings are like, why? Of course, they were quick to tap you on the shoulder. She did it again. And the boys are... <laughs> probably if we could see you know, behind us, they're probably like, take off your shoes. <laughs> Maybe not. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, Samuel replied, what's more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. 1 John 2, 3, and 5, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That's how we know they're living in him. You see, Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. And he walked in that love. That's all he did was serve. He was all about serving. They will know we are Christians by our love. It is about loving. It doesn't mean everybody has to have the same opinion you have. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world. Our world is messed up. You know, the Twin Towers got blown down. You know that, that whole thing years ago. Now we've put up one tower called One World Tower. Does that sound familiar? Now, you might look in Revelation on that. Then they lit the top of the thing with the pink light because now they say you can abort babies clear up through the ninth month. Clear up, doesn't matter. That living being can be on the table and still be living, and you are allowed, and it's completely okay, they say, for any health person or whatever to just say, and let it die on the table. Let me tell you something. That is wrong. That is evil, and that is not of God. We live in a society that isn't wanting to follow God, but I'm telling you, God is not happy with that. And we wonder. We need God. If my people... They're called by my name. What happens to the people that humble themselves and pray? Let's be part of that people. Let's say, God, help me in all of this stuff. We have to start obeying him. Walk in love. Love your neighbor. Jesus said, here's these things. He just says, love God, love your neighbor. Did you know loving somebody isn't condoning everything they do? You can love somebody. They can have a wrong lifestyle. You can still love them. Doesn't mean you agree with it. I can't change the word of God, but the, the Bible still says I got to love him. I'm not God. Love your neighbor. Here's our third thought. Don't give up. Stay at it. We all know Mark talks about people that will hear the word or they'll hear, we'll, we'll even come to church. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Do you know most goals, if you have uh, resolutions that you started this year, some of you have already stopped them because the month's almost over. Statistics say some of them don't even last a week. Three weeks is sometimes tops. It takes 21 days, they say, to even create a new habit. 
<laughs> I've asked people before. Yes, I'm on, I'm on a diet. What kind of a diet? I'm on a seafood diet. Everything I see, I eat. <laughs> if I see that food, I eat it. <laughs> you got to stay with it. Because there's people that find the word and they, say, they, they know it's right, it feels good, but because they don't let it get grounded in them, they don't let it get in them, they don't stay with it, they don't continue to, to get fed the word of God, they don't put it in front of their eyes, they don't memorize it. The Bible says, you know, if, if you're grounded in that, you will flourish. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Come on, we'll flourish in the courts of our God. You want to flourish? You can't do it by just not getting with God. You have to get with God. That's the way you flourish. You have to stay with him. You have to stay focused. It ain't easy. Because there's stuff that the enemy's job is to pull you away. That's his job. Get you offline. Get you off target. Get you off focus. Get you condemned. Get you rejected. Get you self-conscious. Get you all guilt feeling. All of those things. He's going to do everything in his domain that you give him access or power to. To get you off course. Faithfulness and diligence is what we need. Because if we're faithful and we're diligent, we stay at it. You see, faithfulness makes us go after what God has promised. It gives us that hope. It's, it gives us that, you know what, if God promised it, I'm going to be faithful to that. Diligence is like, I'm not giving up. I have not reached that. Just because you sat at the top of or halfway at the Alpine Mountain and got a Starbucks latte what would it be like? I bet you those people, there's probably some regret. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, well, you know, it was cool. I got half the mountain. We took, we took a photo by the restaurant. We took some selfies there. But what, what about those that, you know what, I made it to the top because that was my goal. I bet you there's some regret in that group. Go after what God has promised. Diligence. Diligence makes us keep after. We don't give up. We know that God is our source. We're not dependent on anything but God. If God said it, that settles it. God, if you want me to do this, that's what you say. Peter said it this way. Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. I'll come. Just say the word. If he said it, would you do it? I'm saying it's going to take some faith. But Brad, I can't see it. Because faith, you can't see faith all the time. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it all the time. It's going to be something that you heard and you have to do. Faith without works is dead. Whatever he calls us to do, whatever he tells us to do, whatever the word says, that's the way it's going to be. Aye, aye, captain. Yes, sir. Tell me what to do. I'm in the army now. Faithfulness and diligence. Thought number four. Ownership or stewardship. This one's a little touchy and this is a little tough. But you have to understand. When we are understanding the kingdom, what has been misused and misinterpreted and misdone has been finances in most places. Now we try to give you a balance what the word says here and I, I know there's other places that do the same. So this isn't a crack. But we need to understand ownership and, and stewardship. You know, the money that you have is not yours. It's God's. God gave you the job to make the money, to do the things. How many knows that God wants his kingdom to go forward on earth as it is in heaven? He, he wants the kingdom to be able to... He wants his kids to have fruit here so people go, 
Look at that. How'd that happen? In all the years I've had ministry, I have people that ask me, how come that happened? It isn't because I'm special, although I like to think I am. <laughs> At least to one person in here. She's sitting in the front row. Uh, but, but it's not. It's, he's no respecter of persons. It's because I have covenant with him. I, I'm understanding how the kingdom works. I'm crossing my T's. I'm dotting my I's, so to speak. I'm being obedient when others are saying, you know what, I'm not doing that. Because when God is saying, listen, I want you to bring forth your tithe, if I don't have it, you know, I think I don't have it. I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford not to. I'll bring it anyway. Did you catch that? Because it's not mine. It's easy to give when the refrigerator's full and you have all the groceries and your car is on full and all your bills are paid. It's easy. But when that isn't happening, can I, I mean, I, I just want to be as real as I can. I, I, I have struggled with this. I don't struggle with it now, but I've struggled with it. I, I remember sitting in church, and one of the first times we started, we decided we wanted to tithe. We wanted to give what God was saying. And, and again, ownership or stewardship. When I figured out that this isn't mine, I sat in church, and I remember the Lord. And I didn't hear an audible voice, but I, rem- I remember right in here, I heard the Lord say, he said, give the $10. That's all I had in my wallet. $10. That's it. There was no more. And we got to call, we got to the church and the tank was on W for a walk. I mean, we had to put gas in the car. We were going to go home and we were going to have West Virginia round steak. That's bologna. You know, some white bread and maybe a bag of chips. And, and we're, you know, okay, God, here we go. And I was just like, I'm not doing that, God. If you're so big, I'm not doing that. I'm keeping that $10. And he went over and over again, not mean, but just trust me, give the $10. I don't want to give the $10. Trust me, give the $10. What, is there a bird in here? I don't want to give the $10. So then, you know, you, if you have a God-fearing wife, don't tell her. Because she, she'll just tell you, better give it. Because I would say, you know... I think I'm supposed to give this 10. I don't want to give this 10. Better give it. So this is what I did. True story. I took the $10 out of my wallet, and I didn't stand up or anything. I took the $10. That day, they had those gold plates, you know? So everybody sees what you put in there. I hated that because now (laughs) they're passing this plate. I took out that $10, and this is what I did. Put my arms like that. plate went on by and i'm like great so i I wanted to tell my wife if you even tell me do we have enough gas to get home or we don't have any food to eat i'm gonna say you told me to get it (laughs) i got out the door i were not even out the door got in the foyer and this old gentleman i don't remember his name i just remember um how he looked he had no hair on top and had white hair on the sides and he came up to me and he goes brother brett and i said yes sir and, of course, you know, we all know how to act when you're talking at church. You know, you don't, you don't put on sour grapes. What do you want? Uh, I said, yes, sir. And he said, glad you could make it. He shook my hand, and when I grabbed his hand, he looked me right in the eye, and he said, the Lord, for whatever reason, told me to give this to you. And then he just smiled at me and walked away, and I felt something in my hand. And he walked away, and I turned around, and it was a $10 bill. 
And the Lord spoke to my heart again, and he said, as soon as you give it, I can get it right back to you. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Ownership or stewardship? And I started learning on this journey that you cannot outgive God. You know, tithing is just returning. That's just giving back what's already God's. Really, stewardship and, and, and multiplication starts in offering. But that's a whole other message. But as we begin to just start finding out, God, you're amazing. Everything is yours. And tithing gets him involved in our finances. The Bible says in Malachi, well, I, you know, I'm just going to kind of condense this. God says that you, you can't uh, love mammon and God. It's in the Bible. Mammon is actually, uh, it comes uh, from a word basically meaning a god of money. So there's a spirit on money, whether it's the world system or God's system. Now, I'm just, here's quick, real quick, condensed. When we have what's in our authority, say my authority, you have the option then to take what's in your authority and put it where you want it. Just like your house, these are the things that are yours. You're in charge of them. You're in charge of your yard. You're in charge of your car. You, you put gas in it. You put food in the fridge. It's your authority. This is the same thing. So when we, we get money, the test is every week, whether you're paid weekly or every other week, once a month, you know, or not paid, then that's not good. <laughs> you get paid. Here's your test. Then what we do with that. So by our authority and our dominion over that area, then I put that as first fruit into the kingdom. So because I put it in the kingdom. Now listen, God cannot go outside of his word. Amen. Because I put it in the kingdom, I now give him access to act on those finances because I have put them in the kingdom of God. So I've broken off that spirit from mammon and I put them in the kingdom. And so once that happens, then God has the ability to go ahead and do what his kingdom does and by the authority and, and multiply those kind of things. So Kim and I have used tithing as part of our worship when we give. And I know Karen down here in front, when I say it's time to give, she's like, woo! She's ready to give. I, 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 want more. I hope you spread that joy to a lot of people. That's awesome. But that's, that's amazing when we start saying, God, everything I have is yours. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and win, and with the best part of everything you produce. And he'll fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Who's going to fill it? It says he will. And it also says that he rebukes the devourer. That's amazing. That's the only place in the Bible where God himself, when we start tithing, he starts, he starts doing that Diana Ross thing. God did it first. Stop. Enemy, you stop. Because you have authority. And here's the thing that you have to understand. We keep telling God about our mountain. We should be telling our mountain about our God. So in other words, when the enemy comes in, quit whining to God. Just start saying, Father, in Jesus' name, because we are a tither, because I have given into your covenant. You have great things coming my way. You have guarded the garden here. You have kept these pests out. Father, in Jesus' name, money's coming to me to pay this bill and to do whatever you've called it to do. Help me, somebody. you got to start giving God all of what he needs. Oh, let me rephrase that. He doesn't need anything. But what I'm telling you is do what you're supposed to do. So we set it apart. I used to think like this. They give a lot because they have a lot. And God has called me on that. I used to think that about, I'd say that about churches and about people. Well, of course they can give a lot. They give a lot because they have a lot. 
That's the wrong mindset. The right mindset is they have a lot because they give a lot. Because we control by our obedience the measure that it's measured back to us. I can't do that for you. I'm just saying you need to be obedient when God tells you to be obedient. You need to be a steward. We start finding ourselves looking at opportunities to give. When our kids were doing school and stuff like that, we found places to sow with like ministries because we were believing God for more money because we needed money for, for our kids, for the school. And guess what would happen? We would get it. It's amazing. Here's our thought number five. Speak the desired re result. Believing and saying, you've heard me say this over and over again, we have to say the end result. And I'm not perfect at it. I'm still working on it. But we have to speak the desired end result because we talk so much of what things are in the present tense. And we should be talking. You know, the, the Bible says in uh, Peter in 2.24, it just says this. It says, by his stripes, it's past tense, you were healed. So we need to start doing that. We need to speak the end result. When you begin to pray in that fashion you're taking that you're you're being good steward over what god has given you now i'm just going to be honest you know i i've tried sickness i don't like it so i don't like being sick so anytime anything attacks me i attack it back you understand what i'm saying i don't want it to attack me i didn't ask for it to attack me but the enemy is always out to try to get anybody so if, it, if I get attacked in any way, it's a violation. I say it's a violation. And because it's a violation and I have stewardship and authority over what is in my domain that God has given me, then I have rights. And so I just started saying, I, whatever reason, I started sneezing like nuts until my... You ever get your nose where it's almost raw? It's just red. And, and I didn't have any of those tissues that have the lotion in them. And, and I, I don't know why I kept sneezing, and my eye was about half swollen shut. And so I went to Myers to pick up Maddie, and Zach was just getting off, and, and he was checking out. He was getting a few groceries to take home, and I said, hey, Zach. He goes, hey, Dad. Dad? What happened to you? I mean, he, I think he thought I was like, absolutely, yo, Apollo, hey, hey, yo. You know, I mean, because it kind of looked like, you know, my nose is all red. I'm like, eh. <laughs> and my, this is my wife, Adrian. So, you know, I said, this is what I said. Now, again, I'm just telling you what I did. It's not like I'm exempt. This is what I did. I said, it's all right, Zach. I said, something's trying to get on me, but it can't, it can't do anything. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm just going to get some Vaseline, going to get some of those hankies with the lotion. All good. No problem. Healed. Got it. I'm just telling you, it wasn't even 24 hours. My whole, everything started changing, started going back. Couldn't stay. Why? Because it took authority over it. So what I'm telling you is not anything I don't practice. I'm just telling you, believing and saying. It's easy to say, well, Brett, if you don't say that, you're lying. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about lying. I'm just talking about saying things in faith. By his stripes, I was healed. I'm just talking in faith. I'm not, I'm not if you'd say, well, boy, your nose doesn't look. I know what it looks like, but it can't stay. I thought it looked pretty cute. Rudolph with your nose so bright. 
So Kim and I live that. We live that day by day, step by step. Sometimes it just seems like you're walking in mud and it's just like all of hell is coming against you. Stay with it. And don't get frustrated and start saying, you know what, God? I'm going to say the end result. I'm going to believe. That's how you got saved. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart and do not doubt. That's how the kingdom works. When you got saved, that's how you get things done. That's how finances come. That's how healing comes. It's all kingdom. We find out what God says about it, and his word contains every solution to every problem. And you get the word of God on it. If you have health problems, what does God say? How do you put your hand to it? Sometimes we do our, <laughs> we do our best to make it hard. We do. You know we do. We have to put our hand to it. God, I want you to heal my body. I want you to heal my legs. I want you, I can't bend my knees. Why? Because I eat 1,500 Twinkies every day. So take out the fat and take out the calories. Make them Holy Ghost Twinkies. We have to do our part. We trust him and his promises are true and our lives change. So that's how we seal his promises. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so we hear the word. It's important for you to hear yourself say the word. I thank you, God, that I'm prosperous. I thank you, God, that I have all my bills paid. I thank you, Father, that I'm debt free. And you might be saying, Brad, I'm not debt free. I got bills. I get it. But you're going to believe and confess. Thank you, Father, that finances are coming. Thank you that you give me ideas and concepts to create wealth. You give me the power to get wealth. Thank you, God, that you rebuke the devourer for my sake. Thank you, God, that I walk in wholeness and health. Thank you, Father, for my mindset is the mindset of Christ. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me. Thank you, Father, and begin to declare what God is doing in your life. Seal his promises. You see, faith changes things. Believing faith does. Here's our last thought this morning. You've got to use the faith to be the new you. If we're getting started in 2019, it's going to take your faith. You'll have to be stretched. You'll have to obey. You'll have to do all of these things we're talking about. But it's going to take faith. You're going to have to see it. That's why I'm telling you to get a vision. Kim and I have vision boards. You want to be thin you want to be whatever then put a picture of yourself i've got a picture of myself i'm not to my goal yet i'm going to get to my goal but i've got a picture of me up there then i uh, she said well get a picture of however you want to be because i was trying to find the right picture she said and then take your head and put it on it i didn't know i looked like arnold i didn't know that without vision the people do what they perish. So you put something in front of you. you. If this is your goal, what do you want? You want to be debt-free? Then put a copy of your bill up there and put paid and stinking full. Whatever it is, put it up there and start saying yes. Because if you keep it before your eyes and you keep the word before your eyes and you cite and recite and you see it and you say it, you'll seize it. Use your faith. Paul says, Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Man, God, help me change the way I think. 
Sometimes we have a mindset, well, he'll do it for you, but he won't do it for me. Yes, he'll do it for you. It's the same covenant. He is no respecter. You want increase. I mean, not just, I mean, who doesn't want more finances? You know, we, we were in a service years ago, and a guy said, you know what? I'm just getting so much blessed. I have so much money. I just don't know what to do with it. God just keeps turning it on. More money, more money. I just want you to pray that God turns it off. I was like, man, if I had an idiot stamp, I would. (laughs) I mean, if you don't want it, there's a lot of people that need it. Sew it into something else. Dear Jesus. I I get it. I, I understand. But we've got to say, God. Help me to be living proof around my neighborhood. Help me to be living proof in my family. I want my kids, I want my kids to see, you know what? My dad was a trailblazer. He is blazing a trail. He did things, and I don't know how, but he did it by the grace of God. God would show him something, and he would just split the Red Sea. And because that's my Jesus. I want them to know that's how God is. He wants somebody. He's looking for people that will listen to him and obey when they can't see it. In the natural, but they can see it in the spiritual. Do I have anybody in the room that would do that for him? When we start following God that way, the world takes notice. He didn't give us this building just to sit here and just stagnate or stay. But he gave this because this will be a life center. This will be places where people from all over this world will be coming. I got to get to that True Life Church in that little part of the west side of town because God's showing up there. Things are happening there. People are getting healed, set free. Things are happening. It is just amazing what he's doing. So as we look at this restart, We can increase or we can decrease. John the Baptist said it so well. He must increase. I must decrease. You know, my my kids, I love every one of them. I would gladly do anything for them I could do. But if they would be sick or they would get hurt they would come to me and say, Daddy, would you pray? Why would they do that? Because there was fruit from prayer. They would see God heal them. They would see God do things. I gathered my children around me when we, we, we needed five, well, we needed $450 and we didn't know how we were going to do it. And I don't know how this beautiful woman in the front row got us groceries on a $15 to $25 budget. And we ate great. I mean, God just supplied. He had people come and we had groceries delivered. We didn't even know who did it. We had people come and say, I don't know what, if you need this or not, but I'm supposed to buy you groceries. But then she would make stuff and just made life so fun for the kids. But we needed $500 and I'm like, I gathered the kids around and said, we're believing God for $500. Well, actually we needed $450. Okay, that was the amount we needed. And I said, do you believe God will do it? And those, you know, Zach and his big eyes, his big old eyes, his eyelashes, if he could blink fast enough, he'd probably fly. <laughs> Sam, little toe-headed blonde, blue eyes. And Mal, those dark brown eyes. And she would always just say, yes, Daddy. And, and Maddie, she was just, 
Maddie, Maddie had more strong will than all those kids put together. Someday she's running a company. I have to watch her. She'll probably take this place over. I mean, she's just, she's ready. She's like, Wah. But anyway, we gathered them, and we just said, God, we need you to do this. And, and the enemy was trying to infiltrate our house with sickness, and I was praying and standing and believing, and frankly, guys, I was wore out. I wanted to sit at that Alpine restaurant and drink my latte, whatever that is. Grande. I didn't want to go to church, but I, the Lord inside was saying, I need to go. And, I, and we, so we prayed. And I went to open the door. And on the door was an envelope tape that said to the man of God. And inside the envelope was $500 cash. Now you take out tithe off $500 and what's that leave you? $450. Now here's what I did. I gathered all my kids around and Kim and I said, look, we believed, we confessed, we believed and we did not doubt. You didn't doubt. You believed what God said and here it is. And the kids, their face lit up and they're like, wow. I'm telling you, I went to church that night like my God can do anything. My friends, this morning, if you need a restart, this is the time to do it. Brett, you don't know what I've done. You know what? The great thing about God is there's forgiveness. There's repentance. There's the blood that washes you clean. To my knowledge, and that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that never changes. So all you have to do is repent be sorry confess it to him and move on let's bow our heads and close our eyes